0: Episode number eight, everybody. Welcome back uh, to the Brad and Matt, totally unoriginal, random (laughs) show. And Brad, I'm not going to say it, but I'm not sick because, you know, I said that last time and literally moments after we hung up the phone uh, on the last call or on the last podcast, I got violently ill.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was was wondering why you literally dropped off the face of the internet. And I'm like, yeah, when's our show coming out, Matt? Are you... After day two, I'm like, are you alive? <laughs> uh, that, that's do I need right. So, step I, in here? so I did. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Which brings us to our first topic of what happens when your friends die on the internet? Where do they go? <laughs> no. um, one of the, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got violently ill. Normally I go ahead and upload the show, you know, within the next hour uh, after our call. So uh, uh, not very fun. Hey, listen, if you're a first time listener, this is a totally. An original random show where Brad and I get together and we talk about random things Stuff. that excite us uh, around web technology and life. We would love a five-star review on iTunes uh, and we're all uh, on six or seven other platforms out there. Spotify and we're Stitcher and everywhere else. Everywhere. Thanks. I love the
1: fact we're on Spotify. I like Spotify. I, I, until we ended up on Spotify, I'd never really thought to use Spotify for podcasts. Same here, but it's great. They're all on there. So like, it's perfect. Cause that's what I'm using anyways. So, you know, I had a, uh, I had a bit of a realization about our show the other day. Okay, um, hit me. So, we've, you know, Matt and I have tried to, we've released this at any point during the week. It's random, right? It may, maybe release on a Monday, maybe it's a Friday, but generally we end up releasing later in the week because it's tough to get a show out earlier in the week. We're busy, you know, we, you actually do work, believe it or not. Uh, but you get more engagement. When an episode is released, like on a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, just like if you were to, you know, release a blog post on a Tuesday versus a Friday afternoon, right? You're going to get more engagement. But I've come to the realization that we're not a Monday or Tuesday show. We we are a Thursday show. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, 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 look at, just think about podcasts and and just shows in general. Like Sunday is kind of the, it's like the Garvey, like, just do it, you can do it. I can't wait for Monday. We're going to kick ass. Blah blah blah. And then Monday and Tuesday are like really. The type of shows are really like beneficial, like, yeah, it's the beginning of the week. We're all refreshed. Let's really check off our to do list. Let's how much are we gonna accomplish this week? It's gonna be amazing. Wednesday's hump you know, hump day, whatever, so you're kind of over the hump. And uh Thursday's kinda like, yeah, man, it's almost the weekend. We're almost there. We could you know, like, let's do this. So I feel like like we just need to come to terms with it. We're like a Thursday Friday show, we're not a Monday Tuesday show. It's just not in the cards for us. I mean <laughs> So, so, what do you say? I, I mean, I, I think we're out here, deep thoughts, but um, I, you know, I, 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 listen, I like, I like
0: going into deep threads of thought, and um, <laughs> something to I be think said I, about this. I think what they say is, well, isn't Thursday night the best night for television and Friday night is the worst night for television? Isn't yeah, that how, yeah, it, how, how it goes historically?
1: I, is that still because I know Thursday night used to be like, like Friends was always Thursday night and Seinfeld, right. but is that still the same? I don't, well,
0: my, my, maybe with the, the advent of HBO. Sunday night. Sunday nights a biggie, uh, yeah. Is is a biggie, but yep. I think Friday is uh typically the worst. It
1: might might be Saturday,
0: right? I think people are doing so many things and it you're not going to be tuned on, into uh, the when TV.
1: TGIF was on. <laughs> that was the peak of mm-hmm. Friday night. Mm-hmm. Gold comedy. Um,
0: yeah, we've been saying for a while, you know, leave your expectations at the door, but uh I think some people might begin to uh to get some value out of this podcast, I think especially the last topic we talked about, which was burnout. I think I think that clicked with with some folks out there. Look at I us! Hope.
1: Look at us getting all serious. It's a it's a good topic. It's a it's a topical topic. It's we have experience with it. We got some feedback. You know what's funny is when people tweet us about the show that I wouldn't expect to have listened to the show. <laughs> like, right, right, like right. My you, business partner Lisa or yeah, Bill, you man, way too smart
0: for this show. <laughs> you should not be listening to this. <laughs> yeah. You really <want> <clears throat> listen
1: to us? Cool. You know, and they get some feedback on Twitter or whatever. So it's uh, definitely hit us up, tweet us. I love seeing it. I, love, I like seeing, you know, knowing people who are listening to the show is great.
0: Any big updates? Anything uh, major change in business life or otherwise that uh, I went to, folks might want to be interested in?
1: Well, personal. I went to a Wu Tang Clan concert last week. I saw that. I saw you that a, on your Instagram. You a Wu Tang guy <laughs> oh, i like into Wu-Tang? Up from the
0: 36 Chambers, my friend.
1: Yeah. Are you yep. joking or are you really into Wu-Tang? No, I'm serious. Yeah. I grew up on that. Yeah. I know, me too. You know, I remember.
0: The, well, not this isn't Wu-Tang. It's when Method Man released his album when we were in in high school. So I think it was when we might have been juniors in high school. So 98, 1998 for me. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, a I bunch was, of us skipped school to go pick up the uh, pick the up the album. album or? Yeah, the blackout yeah. album. Yep, yeah, I remember
1: that. Yeah, yeah, that was. Let me tell you, they brought the ruckus. They were good. <laughs> they were very good. I uh, really. I didn't know totally what to expect, but it was, it's, so this will make you feel old. It's the 25th anniversary wow. of 36 Chambers, wow, which was their debut album. um, and, and some say it's arguably one of the best rap group albums ever. Yeah. Um, So they performed the whole album top to bottom, which was awesome. And, and then they performed a lot of their other hits after. And uh, I mean, it was a, it was a great show. They, uh, I think one of the highlights was uh, old Dirty Bastard's son was there, his first born Wow, uh, son, can you guess his name? Young, dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, YDB was there, and he so he sang all of his dad's, you know, uh, uh, spots on the different songs, and even did like shimmy shimmy and stuff like that. So wow. just seeing him up there, and he sounded a lot like him. Like it was a, it was a good time, really good show.
0: Which members? Which other members were not there?
1: Um, they were all there.
0: Oh, so everyone showed up.
1: Everyone, full crew. Wow. Um, and the only one that's passed on as ODB so and they had right, his son there right. so they they were all there it was I mean they were good man like I was really surprised like sometimes you see a a band you know 20 30 years later and they just don't quite have it you know what right. I mean um they still had it they were good man they were they were going to town and it was a it was a fun time so definitely it was a kind of a throwback and um but it was a lot of fun good time
0: there was I think maybe it was you that shared it on Facebook they did a like a little ensemble and I think it's at NPR um, it might be like called tiny concerts or something like that. It's like in the, I think it's in the NPR, like, uh, not even a studio. It's like in their office. Did you, was that you that shared that? No. There's a, it might not, <laughs> it might not be NPR. <clears throat> I think it is, but of course, somebody who is way smarter than me will probably correct us. Uh, but they did, it's, they do they always do like these musical acts that, uh, perform like right in their office. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool. Uh, it was a really cool montage. It wasn't every single member of Wu-Tang, but it was most. Yeah, uh,
1: It's definitely going to be a Wu-Tang <clears throat> year because um, you haven't heard too much about them. They had an album out a year or two ago, but um, there's a new documentary coming out called Of Mikes and Men on Showtime, mm. which is a, I think it's a four-part series um, with the history of Wu-Tang and kind of how they, they came to be. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, but... Yeah,
0: when they came out with that double LP, again, years ago, like I I can't remember ever, I mean I wasn't like super into music, like growing up, like growing up my first album, like the one that I actually like got was from, you remember that music service BMG where yeah. they would just send send you CDs. Yeah, even though you're I are like it not eighteen and shouldn't be. Even signing though you're agreements like not eighteen, yeah, should even <laughs> not be signing those agreements, but they sent to you anyway. Um, it was Cypress Hill, it was Rage Against the Machine, Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana. It was like this whole like. A collection of like rap and Mm -hmm. rock um and of course Wu-Tang but I don't remember any other like album or band where people were like when's the next when's the next version coming out like it was like conspiracy theories and who's gonna be on it and why aren't they releasing one like I have I'm sure it happens in other for other bands for people who are like super into other bands but Wu-Tang was like the only one I can remember that kind of vibe happening yeah
1: they um I saw somebody make a comment about Wu Tang, and and basically what they said is one of the reasons they were so popular is just because if you really listen to the lyrics, like they're they're really good lyricists, right? Like their right. the things they're saying and rapping are were kind of beyond what anyone had heard at the time, but they're also amazing marketers. Mm-hmm. Like the, the marketing around kind of this this group, this Wu-Tang, you know, the, the Shaolin, the old style like yeah. uh, films, you know, and kind of working that into their songs and how they marketed that with their logo. And like they were one of the first rap groups if, to really like get the marketing side of it, not just being good at rapping, but how do you sell that um, to people outside of, of that group? Because look at it. I mean, look at us. We're a couple, you know, guys in our 30s. I mean, I grew up in the Midwest, like, yeah, and yeah. I had 36 chambers when I was like 15, you know what I mean? Right. So they figured out how to kind of break out of that, that core group of rap fans had really become mainstream um, pretty quickly. And a lot of that was through the marketing, which I thought was a really interesting point that I hadn't really thought about.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people like, especially artists, music artists, maybe even the famous and, and not so famous. It's like, Hey man, we're doing this because we love music. I don't care you know, if anybody listens to this album, but you know, at some point, you know, you're not just going to be like this unicorn musician. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you have to integrate this kind of smartness, which I, I mean, what the hell do I know about the music industry? I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a lot of that going on, but, uh, for them to do it so long ago and you have like a cast of characters, right? So you're drawing up like a, almost like a Marvel universe, uh in your band. It's like everybody has a name, everybody yeah. has a certain superpower.
1: It's like, it's like they started with the Avengers and right. and, and yeah. then went and had their solo, you know, yeah. movies. Um right. And now they're you know, they can always fall back on being the Avengers. And that's right. Um is kind of reverse of how a lot of people do it. They generally these groups would, would go out on their own and then maybe form some type of a supergroup. And and by and large the majority of the members um uh, have all been pretty successful on their own as well. Um mm. so it's mm-hmm. Um, it's a great show. I'm really looking forward to that documentary. Looks really good. They got a trailer out If you search of, of mics and men. Um, it should be pretty interesting, but I, you know, it's always interesting to hear those stories of how people come out of the slums and really come successful.
0: Right. i That's good. I'm glad, uh, glad you enjoyed it. Instagram yeah. looked, uh, looked like it was kind of fun. A little bit of FOMO there me. when I Get, saw you there.
1: Getting out of the house on a Thursday night. Uh, we'll yeah. I was
0: kind show. of upset. You didn't bring it up on the show that day that you were going. I was like, ah, oh, this guy. Brad's not really my friend. He's holding out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, good stuff. What's going on with you? You're not sick. That's good. What else? You've-
0: yep. Cured that. Hopefully, so, again, so, so. knock on the biggest chunks of wood that I could find around here. Um, Surviving the, the
1: cold spell, the uh, Arctic yeah, blast. What's, what are they call The vortex? Polar,
0: <laughs> polar vortex. Uh, wow. It is, I think, right about now. It's about 13, and it feels like two with the wind chill. Uh, this morning it was about negative fifteen with the wind chill, uh, certainly not as bad as you know our friends out in the midwest mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, but major major things that I am uh trying to refocus on I guess season eight of the Matt report is back out um oh, yeah with Dan maybe as the first guest, and uh it's funny i speaking of things we didn't talk about the last episode he we he and I talked about his w p and up organization, and man, that's the real deal um to help folks in the WordPress space in the freelance space with mental health and and even getting into physical uh, physical health, physical fitness. Um, if, you know, you're somebody who's struggling, uh, and you're, you know, just, you know, struggling in business and in life or most people struggle in business, which then transcends into life. Um, you know, if you're in that position, uh, especially if it's at a critical stage, uh, reach out to uh, this organization, WP and Up and uh, get some help. Uh, talk to some folks. Uh, both mentally and physically. And it was just a great conversation. And
1: uh,
0: when we talk about burnout, like we talk about burnout, or at least I know I talk about burnout, doing a WordPress podcast and just like, man, how many people just want to hear the same old story? And and I get re-inspired when I uncover people like what Dan is doing in the WordPress space Uh, because it's not just built a plugin, made 10 grand a month, see you later, bye. (laughs) Like this is somebody in the space doing some just real critical work that... A lot of people are just uh, not going to pick up the sword to do.
1: Yeah, definitely. Hats off to to people like him and others that are that are doing things like that. I have not listened to the show yet, but it's queued up. Did you? So for this season, did you record all shows ahead of time, and you're just I a, them out or
0: I have a mix. So he and I recorded at the uh, tail end of 2018, right before the holiday, uh, and then I have uh, Birgit Polly Hack uh, recorded as well as the next episode, and she's been a real. Uh, sort of champion for uh, WordPress and Gutenberg, and I wanted to get her on to talk about her take. And, and hers was after the word uh, state of the word, so um, uh, so it was just at the beginning, I think, of January. And uh, I have one more in the can, but I, one of the things that I'm going to be doing is branching out and you know getting beyond the WordPress space, and you know maybe moving the podcast into a different category. Um, I'll get some branding in the works, uh, redoing the logo, redoing the brand and how I approach this stuff. Um, you know, so, you know, season eight might be the end of, you know, (laughs) you know, death to WordPress, long live WordPress (laughs) on my show. Uh, uh, yeah, I get some folks that are, that I'm interested in now talking to who are YouTubers, like people who are Mm. trying to become a YouTuber and and what that story is like, because it's not so different from what everyone else is doing in the WordPress space. Um, so I'm starting to branch out into digital creators and, and getting that, that take on things.
1: A lot of good stories out there.
0: Yeah, a lot of great stories. A lot of uh, you know, similarities. A lot of people are in the same boat uh, as us. So
1: I want to be an influencer, Matt. Can you make me an influencer? <laughs> Please. I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know. What, what does that even mean?
0: <laughs> influencer.
1: I'm an influencer. Uh, what I do? Yeah.
0: yeah. You influence me. You want to throw my phone when you start texting me about... Patriots, low, Patriots shirts.
1: You know, um, you've been. I gotta give it to you. You've been taking some. I mean, you're good. You're a good trash talker, right? But you've definitely been taking taking it a little bit this week because everybody's. I don't, yeah, I don't know on, if you've seen that. I, I, yeah, you haven't jumped in on, on that. Th- 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 yeah, there,
0: there's a particular thread on my Facebook page which I've real. I've noticed you haven't really jumped into I yet. Almost did.
1: I was like, you know what? Like you're getting beat. You're like people coming at you from all angles on all platforms, and you know, I feel like you're. You get it. Like if you talk trash, you have to be able to. You're gonna get it back, right? It's the people that talk that are gonna get the most back, and and you like to talk trash, so you're taking it. But I was like, you know what? I'll uh, I've sent you a few things, but I'll uh, I won't pile on when there's like 50 people sending you crap in one thread. Yeah,
0: like there's so much. Like the funny thing is, is I'm not starting a lot of these conversations. People are coming to me with p- burning pitchforks. Yeah. And it's at some point, like it's actually getting to the point where I'm actually questioning, like, wait a minute, are you people serious? <laughs> like, like <are> you, <laughs> Dude, are you, you really? Are not you people? Like me? <laughs> really that mad? So <laughs> that next,
1: next, well, Monday because the Super Bowl Sunday. Monday will be interesting because either Matt's going to be the loudest guy on the internet, or you won't hear a word from him, and it's all where this on show is done. It's a hundred percent based on if the Patriots win or lose. Because if they lose, you'll be offline for a week. Yeah, <laughs> you won't respond to text. I know you won't. And if yeah. they win, you will not shut up about it. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't blame you because I'd probably do the same thing. Oh Funny. boy.
0: Hey, we got a new recurring segment on the show. Do
1: we? Um, it, <laughs> I can't yeah. wait to hear about it.
0: <laughs> what is our Gmail address? Is it? It's the Brad and Matt Show at gmail.com, correct?
1: Well, you gotta spring that on me. Uh, yeah. Let me look it up. Well, while, yeah, talking. while
0: Brad looks that up, we're gonna have a new recurring segment. Is if Brad you have some, and
1: Matt Show, Brad and Matt Show at Gmail.
0: Brett, no, the just no, Brad the, and Matt Show at gmail.com or tweet us. Yep. Uh, send us an email. Uh, you got a question you want us to answer on the podcast, uh, business life, wordpress, sex, uh, questions. Yeah. Rock, rock and roll, and roll baby. Wu Tang. I probably should have uh, said that. We're
1: going to get a lot of sex questions. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I know nothing. Um, go ahead and send that to Brad and Matt show at gmail.com. We'll read it out. Give you a little plug who you are, what you do, uh, and help, uh, with adding some good content to the show.
1: I like content. I like content. Speaking of content. Mm hmm. I got a, I got a, I got the word of the next couple of years and probably beyond. the The word that is really starting to buzz, and I think it's only going to get louder and louder and louder, especially around the political season, is deep fake. Deep fake. Have you been following these deep fake videos? You know what deep fake uh, is.
0: I would imagine it's like deep state, but deep fake news yeah, kind yeah, of thing.
1: This is really starting to pop up recently, but basically, deep fake videos basically is is the idea of where a video. As an ind- individual's face, it's superimposed onto another, yeah, or or faked in some way, so the video looks a hundred percent real, um, but it's not, right? And that is terrifying. It is because, especially from the political side of things, we know how bad the last few years were, and especially with the last election in the U.S. Uh, and obviously all around the world too, experienced some of the same stuff. But just with misinformation shared online, imagine when these deep fake videos—you know—you see a a video of you know, Trump or something or a video of whoever's running against him, whatever. And it's a hundred percent fake going around and and the technology, it's not just like, these aren't just like basic Snapchat filters. Right. um, Which I think a lot of people are these, these, the the actual deep fake videos they rely on machine learning, artificial intelligence, like they're, they're serious and they're very, very good um, already. Just imagine what they're going to be in another couple of years. So,
0: yeah, I've seen those uh, like AI, driven like videos where it's like like i saw one of obama and obama's talking but it's not really him right. it's his voice it's the words that are coming out of his mouth are are him but it's not him Yep. uh
1: yeah it's scary there's one going around now it's basically steve buscemi's face on jennifer lawrence like accepting a golden globe or something and <laughs> it's like scary how good it looks like yeah. it's obviously weird because it's like okay it's just mentally it's weird looking at it but I mean, it looks legit. You know what I mean. And it it was just kind of used as a uh, to kind of show people what's what's coming. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is the world we live in now, where you really can't trust anything. You can't right. trust what you read. You can't trust what you see. Can't trust what you hear. Like, right. what? How do we? How do we combat this? How do we? Is there even a way? I don't know that there is. But how do we? In a world where you can't trust anything online, ever again, mm-hmm. what does that mean for the future of the internet? The future of of just communication in general?
0: Yeah, man, it's a it's a deep <laughs> to All use right. the same phrase. It's a deep rooted issue. Um, you know, I was on another podcast uh, last week, uh, the WP Tonic Show. I really enjoy uh, those chaps over there, and uh, there was an article that they they talked about where uh, in Vermont when there was a, a a major power outage, and I'm assuming this can happen in other areas. Um, there was, you know, there was no way for these folks to really uh, come together <clears throat> in person as easily as one would expect, right? So, what they did is they started like a, an online forum, um, you know, separated from the noise of Facebook and social platforms where all of this evil stuff can happen and, and be filtered in. They started their own uh, public forum. It's old school bulletin board. Mm. Uh, and they shared their ideas and they communicated with, you know, sharing resources with people, uh, room and board, heat, food, water, all this stuff. Um, you know, I, it, it's very, this is where I get started to get worried for humanity because my first thing would be like, well, hey, in your local market, instead of local government, maybe there should be a like local, you know, I don't want to maybe task force where. You take the conversation that happens online, but you bring it in person. So there's no keyboard warriors. You know, there's no, you know, just, you know, flame wars happening because people just want to talk smack because it's so easy to do online and it's always so amplified to negativity. You know, maybe there is community-based movements where the discussion starts online, but the validness, the validity of it happens offline.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, you, want, you want us to be like face-to-face in a room? having a conversation right that's Um, edgy dude that's edgy. yeah i don't know yeah because
0: you know and and i agree with you it's like where like because only the the same kind of like human aspect bleeds into it so let me go back to that that place in vermont is instead of running a facebook group they have this forum but you have to be validated and and it's monitored as well right so it becomes i guess like that reddit thing it's like hey you can post anything And then people start posting like hate crime stuff on Reddit. Oh, you you can't post that. And then you start going into these avenues of humanity that say what's good for humanity, what's not. Same thing happens everywhere. So at the same time, I'm afraid of all this stuff, but at the same time, I'm like, man, we got the tools and the communication to bring the good out of people. You know, instead of focusing on the fear, like what can we do to combat this stuff? Um, I don't have an answer. I just think that that we have the resources we just have to put them in play you know smartly and, and i looked at not to go super deep on this but i looked at uh, uh you know everybody excited about crypt- cryptocurrency and bitcoin and all that stuff for the monetary side like like uh, you know the underpinning technology of it um you know uh, of blockchain was very interesting for these types of reasons you know why, You know, why can't we validate certain pieces of content tied back to somebody's signature that says, yes, this is the person who, who posted this content.
1: Like verif- uh, verified identity,
0: right? Yeah. I mean, that's- uh, Yeah. And, and so again, what's another fear <laughs> is Facebook tries to do this, right, in the future. And they say, you know what? Here's a, a, a Facebook ID is like a legit ID. Well, guess what? Now Facebook owns this kind of identification, this verification. Mm-hmm. It's a scary... Proposition. I just don't.
1: It's like I, the best part of the internet and the worst part of the internet is the mm-hmm. the anonymous side, right? Like, yeah, it's nice to be anonymous, but it's also the reason so much of this stuff happens is because mm-hmm. people are safe and feel anonymous or are anonymous, yeah, in certain cases. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. There's no like silver bullet answer. Um, I think it's going to be a problem for a long time to come. Yes, I don't, I don't think time. it'll probably ever be solved, but you know, I think. What we've learned in the past few years was a bit of an eye opener hopefully to a lot of us right um that you know I feel like people in tech get it like you don't always trust things online, but the majority of the internet are not people in tech, so you know they uh yeah, they find things that kind of align with what they want with whatever it is they want to present on a topic or their side of a topic, and that's what they start pushing, whether it's true or not, and I think these videos are just going to amplify that in some areas, you know right. Look what Barack Obama said when it was a complete fake video. You know, if it's if it's aligns with what you're thinking is, and you start pushing it, it's just scary to think about this these uh videos and you know deep fakes. I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about that, especially between now and the uh, election the next presidential election here in the
0: states. Yeah. It's going to get bad because so many people that are uninformed are just going to, you know. Not not to go down the political rabbit hole, but it's just like, hey, anybody from either side can now create content for what they want to hear yeah. and, and what they want to hear at a, like a 10x level. Like, you know, this is this is everything I wanted, right? And imagine a world where, you know, you go to a, you want to buy a toaster, you go to Amazon, and then uh, you look at whatever, a Sunbeam toaster is the first manufacturer that pops into my head and then you get retargeted, you get segmented into, you know, behind the scenes in this marketing machine that says Matt wants to spend $60 on a silver sunbeam toaster to, you know, with with four toasting slots in it, right? So I get all of the, I get drilled down to this high-level detail and then they serve up ads directly to that. Imagine a supercomputer that does the same thing but it's Barack Obama's face. And he says, hey, Matt, you were looking at that four-slot toaster from Sunbeam. It's 39 bucks, But guess what? It's on sale now at $29. And it's doing that at infinite scale. Um, and it's crafting somebody's message talking to you for something you want to buy. And now flip that over to something political where not only is it like, hey, we made this one video to convince a whole bunch of Democrats and Republicans to do XYZ. Now it's going to be, we've created millions of videos talking to the individual, right? Where Trump comes on and says, hey, Brad, you're absolutely right about your political thoughts. Uh, let me tell you why and vote for me 2020 times a million. You're like, yeah.
1: holy and shit. And that is not far. It's not that far no. away.
0: It's like, literally six months away.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, just the technology to do it at mass scale, you know, like, yeah. They're doing it, you know, it's happening now. and It's happening you know, now. We know with technology how quickly things kind of snowball and, and grow. So um, I, think, I think we're going to see a lot of this in the election where we're going to start seeing fake videos pop out. And um, it's, it's scary times, man. Like, I, I'm curious to see how this all unfolds. But I feel like this is the next wave of kind of misinformation online. is going to be videos, which, you know, generally speaking, the people who are going to be the most uh, vulnerable are the ones that are less tech savvy. They don't even know this is a thing. You know, they don't even know. Yeah, they, they don't. to exactly know because they don't. They don't care. They don't follow those topics. They don't read those stories, and they're going to see stuff online and take it as as truth. Because, oh, it's a video. You can't lie about a video. Yeah. Well, guess what? Now you can. So. Right. Uh, good luck. Yeah. All, all you have to do
0: is put like a lower third of Fox News or CNN at the bottom of it, and people are like, hey, I just saw this thing on TV. You know, and all of a sudden it validates it twice. It's crazy. I was watching a startup on Jason Calacanis's YouTube channel. Uh, and he was interviewing a startup that's in his accelerator, and it's a marketing platform, and he's like, we you know we built the the AI to analyze millions of videos for brands and see what the brand sentiment is across these different platforms. And it's like, Jesus, <laughs> this is just for like and their their minimum buy-in is like two thousand bucks a month. I mean, like that's nothing for like that kind of ultimate power. And Jason even said on the show to give him credit, he's like, you're a, you're a weapons dealer. You're an arms dealer with that kind of intelligence and that kind of power. I mean, brands are going to want to know this stuff, and if you have the technology, they're they're going to want to come to you, and you don't have to sell it to everybody. You know, crazy stuff.
1: Crazy stuff. Have you been following Apple, Facebook recently, and how they're button heads a little bit?
0: I. You know, I saw the headlines yesterday and that's about as far as I went. Well, I saw a
1: for then, So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking
0: of influencing mass millions of people, I, I, I saw I saw yeah. some I saw I, I read a byline that said uh, Facebook has an, an app that, where they were effectively paying uh sometime, in some cases, even minors uh, a, a nominal fee to collect information about them.
1: Right. Right. I mean, that's basically what it is. Facebook had an app uh, called Facebook Research. Um, which they released, and for they would pay someone twenty dollars, and it would basically open up and start tracking their usage. So it would track beyond just Facebook. It would track internet traffic or sites they were visiting. It would track purchasing on sites like Amazon and other sites. So it was really pulling a lot of sensitive information. Um, and yes, people were opting into this and and signing up for it. But um, come to find out, Facebook had, uh, kind of gone around the uh, the official methods of doing this. They're part of a program that Apple has uh, behind the scenes called the Apple's Enterprise Developer Program, which basically allows them to sideload apps for like internal testing, but not mm-hmm. for public use. So these don't go through the App Store approval process. The idea is maybe you're testing them internally, maybe it's an internal only app that you're never going to release that type of stuff, and obviously probably only the biggest brands have access into this program. Well, that's exactly how they released this app is through that program to the public. So they right there, they violated the kind of agreement and they were grabbing all those sensitive data. So Apple kicked them off and essentially suspended their dev license across all their apps through this program, across the board. Um, so now they're kind of negotiating that. But I think that alone is an interesting story. But I caught an article on the New York Times that uh, I thought was fascinating. And basically they're... They're asking the question like saying, look, you know, Tim Cook, who runs Apple, has said that privacy is a fundamental human right. Right. Which I mm-hmm. agree with. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you probably do, too. Yep. Um, but what's this what this does, it kind of puts Apple in this position where they could effectively become a technology regulator of last resort. Right. Like if companies actually aren't doing the right thing per their by their users, whether it's, you know, collecting data, doing shady things like Apple's kind of on that final line of of the one that actually is the regulator. That says, "No, you're not going to do that. You're violating their privacy, you're taking data maybe you shouldn't be, you're doing shady things with that data. You're out." And I think it it begs the question of is that a position that we are comfortable with and expect a technology company to be in, to be the right. regulator. And especially one at the size of Apple, which is the biggest, com- you know, company in the world. Um or so I thought that was a really fascinating question um, and one I hadn't really thought much about, but is that what we want? Is that what we expect of providers like Apple and even Google uh, by and large with Android, that they are going to become the relate regulators of our privacy. I don't right. know if I'm comfortable with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's very difficult, you know, to, uh, you know, uh, oh boy, I, I I was sick of how fast Amazon is growing. I am sick of like how Amazon is a multi-billion trillion dollar company, you know, in a few years, uh, but they're getting hundreds of billions of dollars of tax, Mm -hmm. uh, burdens lifted from them to go into these different States and everyone has these problems, uh, but they're not voting with their dollar. Right? So it's not like, Oh Jesus, I gotta wait, I I gotta, I gotta wait for my product. I have to go to a store to buy a product. Well. These are the trades, trade-offs, right? And these corporations know it, you know? Uh, boy, I, I don't even like to talk to people anymore on a phone, call me. I don't want to talk to you. Just text me or email me. Uh, and I want to do that with an amazing fast phone that allows me to access the Internet. Well, these are the things that we trade. Uh, and unfortunately, again, going back to like deep state and deep thinking, I mean, I'm sure governments are looking at this many years ago, not just now, but many years ago, are looking at this going, "Oh boy. We used to be the ones in control. These corporations, they're kind of getting in control of addressing our users now. And I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. Do I want the government to do it? Do I want corporations to do it? Or do I want humanity to do it? And will humanity be able to let go of these niceties that have locked us in? I I don't see it happening.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's like... I, I, there's not a, there's not a, like an answer that makes me comfortable. No, none of those answers mm-hmm. make me comfortable. Right? Like No. Do no. I want a private company doing it? No. Do I want the government to do it? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> do I, do I, do I want humanity to do it? Yeah. But we're not going to. Right. So. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's like, there is no good answer here. And I, you know, it, you look at it like, uh, with the, uh, like the FCC, right. Where they regulate, um, you know, the, the most recent kind of big thing there was, uh, um uh, net neutrality and, and kind of regulating that. but. On the same hand, there's tons of things we'd love them to regulate that they're not doing, right? Like all these spam calls we get constantly, and and things that they're just not really focused on. I hope they will at some point, but you know, so you get in government, and maybe it's slow and clunky and just doesn't do what we want it to do. Like it's just a really, it's you're right. It's it is what we sign up for when we get when we're getting these devices or using these services. But you know, the, I don't know from the privacy standpoint, the data standpoint, it's it's a scary world, and it's it's good we're talking about it. <clears throat> but I don't well, know Im- if going to the right answer for that.
0: Imagine when and I'm sure again the whole cryptocurrency thing, governments, economies. Imagine if there was Facebook bucks, right? Facebook rolled out uh, which I which was toyed around in a few headlines a year ago or so. Um, you know, the uh imagine if they had their own currency. All of a sudden you could just buy things with Facebook bucks.
1: Mm-hmm. And <laughs> uh, they have our and they have our official IDs, so uh, they have <laughs> our official IDs
0: and then and then people start going, "You know what? Hey, that's that's not bad. They, they have our IDs. We can validate. Uh, you know, they, they have this Facebook bucks thing. I can get 100,000 Facebook bucks for free. <laughs> like, this is amazing. Um, and they just influence to, to, to turn a currency into, into value. Uh, you know, if that's a platform that could do it. Apple, certainly the same thing because your phone is your wallet.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, they have so much reach. They have so many users, you know, instantly going to get, uh, no matter what they roll out, they're going to have immediate traction, you know, because they just have, they have the entire world on them.
0: Right. Right.
1: It's wild. Right. It's um, yeah, um you know, good on Apple though, for doing the right thing uh, here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, you know, I know you kind of bounce back and forth between like you've been more on Android for a while and I've always gone, I've run the gamut since forever. I've always just been a kind of a phone nerd. I used to have windows CE when it first came out and you know, oh, all of these, all the of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, this is years and years ago. Um, you know, and, and, you know, it's starting to look at, uh, uh, you know, I'm just not being impressed with Apple's hardware recently mm-hmm. and I started to look at some other Android phones like the vanilla versions, like the one plus six T or whatever it's called. So like, yeah, maybe I'll switch maybe I'll go back to Android. It was kinda cool. This, these phones look cool. But then I start seeing like and I start seeing uh Apple putting up a, a fight for security and privacy on their phones and I'm like, oof, you know what, this is yeah, that actually might be a little bit more important than, you know, just a nice shiny object.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean I could go on and on and on about how iPhones piss me off with their proprietary iMessaging. Oh yeah, (laughs) like yeah, I don't yeah. I mean, I I, we talk about numbers and stuff. Like I'm guilted day in and day out by my family for not having an iPhone because if they send me a video or I send them a video, it's terrible. It uses like basic MMS and is grainy and sucks. Um, or how group messaging doesn't work as well, you know. So it's but unfortunately, it's a numbers thing because Apple doesn't use the protocol; they have their own proprietary through iMessage. But if the majority of users are on it, they're going to guilt everyone who's not on it. So, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I you know, it, it is nice to see that push. I'm glad that Apple is not only, you know, taking the public stance of of saying that privacy is a fundamental human right, but also you know putting their money where their mouth is, basically, and, you know, kicking Facebook off. I'm sure at the end of the day, it'll be a slap on the wrist, and, uh you know, they'll probably won't put that app back out there. You know, they're not going to kick Facebook off their platform, obviously. Right. Um, but, you know, it's it's an interesting it world where private <laughs> companies start kind of being the regulators and yeah. holding other private companies accountable um, at this scale, one that we've never seen before, where everybody has a smartphone within reach generally. So, um, you know, good on them. I hope they continue to push on the privacy aspect because that's one that um, we all need to be very conscious of in this the day thing, and age.
0: The thing that's hilarious is like, which you can draw parallels to, you know, almost Anything anything politically, uh WordPress itself, like you can start to draw parallels between like Facebook gets in all this privacy, data, trouble, uh, Cambridge Analytica, yeah. the the you know, the elections, and you're like, Well, they can't screw up again, can they? Oh yeah, they can.
1: Hold my beer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yep, hold my beer, Facebook says to himself in the mirror. Um, <laughs> and even you know,
1: even the the Cambridge Analytical didn't they get slapped with a fine that they said oh they made that money back in like one and a half minutes or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was it's, like, it's like so stupid it was it was nothing to them you know and that's that that is the concern when like you mentioned these companies become so big I saw a really interesting segment on CNN I'll have to dig it up where they basically were comparing these tech companies like Amazon Google Facebook and how big they are and how much money they make to some of the telecom companies that they broke up you know about twenty years ago or twenty five years ago and how Comparing them in size and even factoring in, you know, overall inflation and economy and everything, they were like thousand times bigger than what these old telecoms were that they were so worried about. Um, and it was just highlighting the fact that our we, we don't actually know how to regulate these companies because it's a completely new territory. It's all technology. And by and large, our government's always behind on technology. So um, the people making the laws don't truly understand it. Um, and they're allowing these companies to get so big that you know they're 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 starting to to get or they have been getting a little out of control. So it's they're not always thinking consumer first. You know they're thinking bottom bottom line, making money. They have investors that need to grow.
0: And how does the how does the government regulate these types of companies when they don't when the decision makers, the lawmakers, don't even no understand?
1: Like to try to explain to them how Google, like did you see when Mark Zuckerberg was like testifying in front of Congress and like. Like, the center's like, well, how do you make money? And he's like, we sell ads. Like, the, like the center it's just, didn't yeah, even so, understand <laughs> the basics of how a platform like Facebook makes money. Right. And that's like, at the most basic level, if if you're not paying for a service, you are the product, you know? Like, anyone that does works in this industry, we know that. If you're not paying for something that's free, you're the product, and they're selling to somebody else, you know? They right. have to make money, so um, whether it's What's ads it? or some other way. But it's it's just the fact that they didn't even... Realize that, or at least he didn't when he asked the question is is absolutely terrifying
0: what I mean what's the average age for you know a senator right is it is it sixty sixty five like what's the average age and it's up there yeah no and, and and what does what does that mean for you know for technology to become common knowledge? How much longer do we have to wait I guess is what I'm getting at uh, do we have to wait another twenty years before the the average senator in Congress knows? Uh, or the Senate, I should say, is uh, or Congress too is knowledgeable about this stuff. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> like no, I how, think they'll always
1: be behind, right? But yeah, at what point is it someone that grew up using email, right, or grew up using you know social networks? We're starting right. to see a little bit of it with some of the younger, you know, members of of, of Congress. But um, I think it'll always be behind. You know, yeah. it'll always because the younger generation has always got to be more fascinated and be able to learn more and getting more schooling around. This newer stuff and the older generation they're done with that they're done with school they're done you know they're kind of in some way set in their ways which is unfortunate so yeah i don't know technology man it's awesome technology politics oh boy what what has this
0: what has this random show become
1: i can't we've got so many hashtags to put on this thing (laughs) uh
0: something a little bit lighter for those of you who are keen to follow photography um i tell you man this is, or photography or videography, if you're somebody who does kind of like some small-time YouTube stuff like I do. Uh, arms race, uh, creating the camera, uh, creating the perfect camera uh, for those of us who are just trying to create content on YouTube. Wow, what an industry. Um, Panasonic is, has announced or will announce tomorrow, uh, but a lot of the information has leaked today of their new full-frame uh, mirrorless digital camera. Um, Price looks pretty high, you know, three grand for the body. Lenses are, you know, multiple thousands. Um, You know, the technology keeps getting pushed in these resolution, video quality. uh, You know, cameras are are insane uh, uh, in in terms of like battling each other, feature for feature, pound for pound. Uh, Panasonic, Sony, Canon, Nikon, Fuji. Um, You know, it's been uh, an amazing like last uh, year. Uh, two, year to two to one to two years has been pretty tremendous a lot of movement in that space and for any of you who are just like watching that stuff like I do uh, we're about to get some really good cameras uh, and uh, prices should be pretty interesting but it's going to be what you're able to do with a mid-level thousand dollar fifteen hundred dollar camera which I know is a lot of money for some Uh, what you're able to produce is going to be pretty amazing Uh, for 2019 Uh, and into 2020 um but yeah if anybody's interested in that fuji excuse me panasonic uh sr and sr1 i believe or just s and sr um are being released uh, or announced tomorrow uh full frame mirrorless camera it's pretty amazing you know you
1: would probably cringe if you saw i have a a nikon d3100 Mm about a few years back got a few different lenses a uh, nice little SLR, you know, when you start go- going on trips, and now that I have a son, I want to take good pictures, and you would cringe, because, like, all I ever do is just leave it on auto, <laughs> 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 and just take pictures, and they're beautiful, but I'm like, I always look at it like, I should probably, like, get a book or sit down and, like, learn, because I know I could take such better pictures, and I just, I just do auto. The only thing that yeah. ever changes whether I want to flash on or not. And that's yeah,
0: it. I mean, you know, it, it's where everybody starts. I, I mean, I am. My dad is a professional photographer. I am not a professional photographer by any stretch of the imagination. He has ridiculous amount of equipment. I rock a Sony A sixty five hundred, and I have a, a backup Panasonic G eighty five. You know, I, I've gone down the rabbit hole. I am still down the rabbit hole of like fine tuning my my lighting my audio my visuals for the for the youtube channel and um it starts with auto man like you have to start somewhere yeah. and, and a lot they,
1: of i mean the pictures are absolutely amazing on auto right you know yeah. they're way better than like on a on an iphone yeah um, it's it's unreal
0: yeah if you ever want to extend that you know it's auto is great if you know you're going into a setting you don't have like i know man two kids running around if you're going into somebody's house the lighting's different if you're going into like a uh, like a basketball, my niece plays basketball, so you go see basketball games. Lighting's different. You have to throw it on auto. You don't have time to dial things in. But if you have a moment to dial things in, you want to try things out. That's Dialed when you can in, go to baby. the manual route.
1: I got a, a nice light one. I'll end on as well, which is a website I came across. Um, somebody mentioned it online, which I thought was really great, and it's called doesthedogdie.com. dot com. Jesus. Um, <laughs> No, it's good. Well, I guess it's good. Maybe it's not good. But basically what it is is you can go on here and, and look up any movie or TV show or book or video game and it will tell you if a dog dies huh. or not. Um, you know, some people, uh myself included, don't really like seeing dogs die in movies. Like sometimes it happens, but um don't really want to be shocked by it, right? Like you're watching some movie and a dog gets killed in the beginning or something. Um so you can go on here and check it out and uh like John Wick, for example. Uh uh yeah. Dog dies. Dog dies. He does. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: I think that's what triggers him, right? At that that's, point. Uh, now,
1: I, the revenge part of it is great, and that yeah. <laughs> uh, makes you feel a little bit better. But uh, definitely a sad part. Um, so if you, it, there's other triggers too. Like it's called "Does a dog die?" But you can go to any movie, and it'll it'll be like, "Does there is, does a cat die? Does a horse die? Um, are there any teeth damaged?" <laughs> there's a lot of triggers. Are there clowns? Um, it's basically a vote up. People vote on and and you know whether it happened or not. So it's kind of a uh, group group thing but um it's also some good stuff like are there jump scares or uh strobes you know so if maybe you're prone to seizures or something that's actually super helpful too to kind of know what you're getting into. But I thought it was a cool site. So if you're worried about that type of stuff does the dog die dot com.
0: Does the podcast live Yeah <laughs> Do, like eight eight, a- right? We're on after eight? after today's conversation eight. Yeah this is episode that. number eight uh, Well, it's the limited edition, Brad and Matt, totally unoriginal, random show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite uh, podcasting app. Leave us a review, uh, Brad and Matt Show at gmail.com. If you want to send us a couple questions, we can answer on the next episode whenever that might uh, happen. Uh, let us know. Tweet at us, uh, Brad. Where can folks tweet at you?
1: You can tweet at me at WilliamsBA.
0: You can find me at Matt Medeiros on Twitter. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. We'll see you in the next episode
1: the